And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on iHeartRadio and available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. And you can get in touch by email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or you can shoot me a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. So what is this? This is day two of the uh, the meltdown over there at the New York Times where they made so many mistakes that it's even hard to catalog them all. The, uh, the, the fake news media, the legacy media, like the New York Times and Washington Post and the network TV stations, including MSNBC, I guess you'd have to throw CNN in there as well. They've been around since the early 90s when Ted Turner had the vision to found a 24-hours cable news network. It really revolutionized the way news was covered. Then he uh, foolishly merged it with uh, Time Warner, and the whole thing is, uh, has gone downhill ever since, and old Joe, oh, uh, Ted's out in Montana now, tending to uh, the largest bison herd in North America. But uh, the New York Times certainly has made a, a, a utter and complete fool out of themselves over this one. And you may be tired of the story already. Uh, I kind of am because I know that the New York Times is fake news. Uh, I didn't need any more proof of it. But the, uh, the skullduggery and the deception that the New York Times engaged in in this particular story is so illustrative of why we need an alternative sources for news now. You know, we've got the social media uh, titans out in Silicon Valley determining uh, who is and who is not a credible news source, and they've come down on the side of the legacy media when they've discredited themselves in the Trump era so thoroughly and completely uh, that, that, you know, if, if in this case, if it wasn't for a new media reporter, Molly Hemingway, followed up by Julie Kelly over there at American Greatness, another alternative media, um, source, the New York times might've got, gotten away with this because they certainly wouldn't have been called out by the other legacy media so the story, of course, was that, um, you know, they, these, uh, these two New York Times reporters, Robin Progen and Kate Kelly, not to be confused with Julie Kelly, but Kate Kelly, had a story published by the New York Times in their, their opinion section stating that uh, a, a fourth accuser had come forward about Brett Kavanaugh engaging in uh, inappropriate uh, sexual harassment and um, assault. Then by the time the weekend is out, they release the story on Friday, we learn that the, the person who is supposed to be the victim of this fourth instance has no memory of it. But we're supposed to take the word of the New York Times reporters because their source is such a 
well-respected member of the Washington community. Well, first of all, if the victim is saying she doesn't remember it, I don't need to know much else because I don't think you forget having somebody's manhood pushed into your hand at a party. Even if you were drunk, somebody would have told you about it later, and that would have been a memory that would have stuck with you. But let's look at this whole claim that by uh, by Kelly and Progerbin, P-O-G-R-E-B-I-N, Robin Progerbin, that the source, his name is uh, Max Steyer, is of such high character and highly respected that they, uh, that, that they, you know, viewed it as a credible story. My first doubt about this was when David Axelrod, the guy that got Barack Obama elected twice, came out and claimed that Steyer was a, uh, a highly respected person. Well, if he's vouching for him, then I know the fix is in. So where to start? Where to start? Okay, let's start with the fact that Joe Scarborough called BS on this whole story by the time Monday came around. Now, if Joe Scarborough is calling BS on a story, you know that is true BS because Joe Scarborough traffics in more BS than your local uh, porta potty cleanout driver does. But here's old Joe. He, he, the story is even too much for him to swallow. I heard Kamala Harris say <clears throat> we have to believe the victims. Of course, first of all, as a prosecutor, she really should put an alleged in front of the word victims, especially in the case in the New York Times uh, essay, the baffling essay, the baffling editing process that they put forward. Because if you believed the alleged victim in the alleged incident, the alleged victim in the alleged incident doesn't ever remember the alleged incident occurring. So if Kamala Harris is believing the, quote, victim, the alleged victim, the alleged victim says, uh, I don't ever remember that happening. I don't ever remember that happening. <laughs> I don't remember ever hearing about it happening. So let's take a look, closer look at the, uh, the source for these two intrepid New York Times reporters, Max Steyer. He's described as a management expert that works for a nonprofit in Washington, D.C. Well, he's a little bit more than that. Turns out Max Steyer, when he graduated, he was a, a classmate of Brett Kavanaugh. And when he graduated, he went to work on the legal team defending Bill Clinton from impeachment because of the accusations of him exposing himself to Paula Jones in part. It was, you know, also about the uh, uh, the Monica Lewinsky misconduct right there in the Oval Office. But Max Steyer, after he left Yale, was defending Bill Clinton uh, in part on charges that he exposed himself to Paula Jones, dropped trowel and said, oh, why don't you kiss it? Well, guess who was on the other side of that legal team prosecuting Bill Clinton? Ken Starr. Guess who was on Ken Starr's legal team? None other than Brett Kavanaugh. So we're to believe that Max Steyer graduated 
went to work for the defense of uh, Bill Clinton. His classmate, Brett Kavanaugh, was on the prosecution staff of, of Ken Starr, special prosecutor. And yet, Max Steyer didn't mention to anybody at the time, nor point out to the media, that one of the members of Starr's special prosecutor's office had engaged in, in um, you know, flashing himself to another Yale student just a few years prior. you believe that? If you believe that, I've got a, a slightly used bridge that I'd like to make a, a really good offer, uh, a deal for you. Max Steyer, a credible source. That uh, none of that is has yet to come out uh, in the reporting. Allison Camerata sat down with uh, Mrs. Uh, Kelly and Mrs. Projabin. I'm going to learn how to pronounce that name before all of this is over. Projabin and uh, and talked about why they felt that this was worth going to press with. Revolves around this new incident. There was a third incident that you all uncovered, or an allegation, I should say. A third incident? Well, let's see. There was Christine Blasey Ford, who made these spurious allegations that were easily disproven and lied repeatedly before the Senate Judiciary Committee. That's one. There was Julie Swetnick, represented by Michael Avenatti. That's two. There was Deborah Ramirez at Yale that sat down with a, uh, a Democrat operative lawyer for six days and discovered her memories of Kavanaugh misbehaving at Yale. And now there's this uh, this new accusation, not brought by the victim, but by a Democrat operative, Max Steyer. That's four. Oh, wait a second. I don't think Allison Camerata is counting Miss Swetnick who was represented by Michael Avenatti that CNN, Allison Camerata's network, put on the air almost 200 times. Could she be just discounting that one and, and not mentioning it because it further discredits all of their news coverage on CNN? I think maybe that's the case. The third incident. So not Christine Blasey Ford, not Debbie Ramirez, both names that we heard about during the confirmation process, Yet a third one. Yet a third one. What happened? To, what happened to Julie Swetnick? CNN was huffing and puffing over the Julie Swetnick, Michael Avenatti accusations when they were going on. That that that's been pushed down the memory hole now. Um, that sort of involved other uh, an allegation of other disgusting drunken behavior by Brett Kavanaugh. Um, but the woman who it allegedly happened to wouldn't speak to you both, as far as I understand it. And her friend says she doesn't remember it happening. So why did you include it in the book? So uh, what's interesting about this one, Allison, is that you have a witness to this situation, a very respected <clears throat> good governance advocate in Washington named Max Steyer. <laughs> you notice what she did right there? A very respected... <clears throat> ...to this situation, a very respected <clears throat> good governance advocate in Washington named Max Steyer. And the issue with Max Steyer is that he went to senators last year and also tried to approach the FBI to tell them about his recollection of this incident you mentioned involving the woman you mentioned and allegedly Justice Kavanaugh. What do you, how do you try to approach the FBI? You either approach the FBI 
or you don't. They don't hang up on you. They don't run away from you. Either you submit your uh, your affidavit to them or you don't. And by the way, Kelly or Prebigen, Prejabin doesn't say whether or not the FBI, uh, you know, followed up on their story, but and they didn't talk to the witness to ask her that. They may have followed up on it for all they know. Actually, normally you wouldn't follow up on a, a thin, paper-thin accusation like this. It, it begs credulity. It's not credible. Um, because of Steyer's uh, respected stature in Washington and because he runs this bipartisan group, um, we deemed it to be credible information and it was not followed up on. So in that sense, we thought it was a credible incident worth reporting with the details that we did have in the book. And there is more context in the book, although it's not a focus of the book. Did you talk to Max Steyer? We can't address who our sources are. We can't address who our sources are. You already said who your sources were. You said it was Max Steyer. What do you mean you can't address who your sources are? Apparently, they did not talk to Max Steyer directly. They're getting secondhand um, rumor and innuendo from unsupported, uh, mind you, from people who are Democrat deep state operatives. They're writing a book about it, then writing a story in the New York Times and omitting all of the exculpatory facts that would lead you to, to believe that it's all a bunch of hokum. This is the New York Times. They're supposed to be the flagship, the paper of record. What a joke. So then the authors go on to, to praise Max Steyer and his credibility. I, my sense is, from those who know her, is that she doesn't remember it. And, I mean, let's remember that this was a drunken party, and it's conceivable that people don't always remember what happens in a situation like that. A lot of drunken people, you know, Brett was taken over to her by his friends. They were drunk. She was drunk. And they put his penis in her hand. They put his penis in her hand. Now, what kind of frat boy is going to grab a hold of somebody else's penis and put it in a girl's hand? And how do you exactly go about doing it? The story said in the New York Times that they pushed his hoo-hoo into this woman's hands. How do you exactly go about pushing somebody's member into another person's hands. This is the subject of a book by two New York Times reporters, so-called reporters. They're the most uninterested in facts or credibility or believability reporters you will ever see in your life. They're not an old-school, hard-nosed reporter. Most reporters would have laughed us out. It certainly would have never gotten past the city desk editor. It certainly would have never got on the pages of a small-town newspaper. It's a joke. Um, why this is meaningful is, for us, from our perspective, is you actually have someone who is named, who is known in Washington, who tried to get the story to the, the appropriate... Oh, please. <laughs> the, uh, the authors also went on over at M MSNBC because, you know, they're doing they're interested in doing anything they can to smear this uh, uh, Kavanaugh's name, no matter how unlikely it is. They've, they've thrown all ethics or humanity out the window. All they want to do is smear people at this point. And Larry O'Donnell, who was busy putting out his fake news story about Donald Trump having 
Russian oligarchs co-signed for his Deutsche Bank loans just last week. Had two fake news reporters on his uh, his set grilling them over how in, how in the world did this story get published in the New York Times without mentioning the fact that the so-called victim has no memory. So somewhere in the editing process, those words were. Yeah, I mean, I think what happened actually was um, that, you know, we had her name and, and, you know, the Times doesn't usually include the name of the victim. And so I think in this case, the editors felt like maybe it was probably better to remove it. And in removing her name, um, they removed the other reference to the fact that she didn't remember. Okay, so. So they throw their editor under the bus quite nicely. It wasn't us. It was the editor. Stand by. We got to take a break. We're going to finish this topic when we come back. Stick with us. Mojo. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan. And for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees building only plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider. Plan is up code. Consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. Mojo. They try to blacklist, coerce, cancel, or destroy anyone who gets in their way. This is Donald Trump uh, outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico in Rio Rancho last night. At a another sellout, standing capacity overflow rally right there in New Mexico, where he had great fun at the New York Times fake news expense. Try to blacklist, coerce, cancel, or destroy anyone who gets in their way. Look at what they're doing today to Justice Kavanaugh. Look at what they're doing. Did you see the New York Times? Did you see what they're doing? Did you see what Democrats, they're calling for his resignation. They're calling for his impeachment. And the woman involved said she didn't know anything. She doesn't. But they still. So the New York Times had to put out a major apology. And they had to change their story. The woman said, I don't remember that. And they still want him to be impeached. No, no fewer than six Democrat presidential candidates rushed to the microphone to call for Brett Kavanaugh's impeachment. Now, this guy's been on the bench about a year now. He overcame a, a, a major uh, character assassination effort by the Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee. He's been Since he's been on the bench, he's ruled right down the middle. He's ruled uh, some cases for the conservative side, some cases for the, for the uh, liberals. 
and he's hired a staff entirely of females, which is not an, an adjustment on his part because of the attacks on him. This is in keeping what he, with what he's done his entire time on the bench. And you'll notice that as this New York Times story has fallen apart utterly and completely, not a single one of these six Democrats have come forward to withdraw their calls for Kavanaugh's impeachment or to apologize to him. They don't care if they destroy his life. They don't care if they ruin his good name. They don't care that they're dragging his family through the mud. Even CBS News had to admit... And tonight, it's looking unlikely that Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh will be impeached. Some of the Democrats running for president were calling for that after an accusation against Kavanaugh from back in his college days was made public. No, Brett Kavanaugh is not going to be impeached. Even old Jerry Nadler over there at the Judiciary Committee says, we don't have time to go after Kavanaugh. We're too busy trying to gin up a fake impeachment of the president of the United States. (laughs) So last night in Albuquerque... The president went on the offense, and this is what separates Donald Trump from Republicans of old. He fights. He fights back. He goes on offense. He gives it right back to him. And this is what he had to say. And I just put out a statement on social media that said, I don't think they'll do it, but they should for the good of the nation. I call for the resignation of everybody at the New York Times involved in the Kavanaugh smear stone. And while you're at it, the Russian witch hunt hoax, which is just as phony a story. They absolutely should resign. The editor should be fired. The reporters should be sued. I guess he can't because he's a public figure. Brett Kavanaugh is. But they should be uh, fired or forced to resign as well. And the whole pl- newsroom needs to be reorganized, to cleaned out and reorganized. Another interesting thing that came out of all of this is that uh, Leland, uh, what was her name? Um, Christine Bosley Ford's best friend that was supposed to have been at that party where she claimed that Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her. She told these two reporters that she believes that Christine Bosley Ford was lying all along. That she doesn't remember anything like that ever happening. That she doesn't believe it happened. And that she felt like it was a political operation and they were pressuring her to lie to the, uh, to the Judiciary Committee. Speaking publicly for the first time to the Times reporters, Ford's close friend Leland Kaiser, who Ford said was at the party, said she didn't believe Ford's account and that it just didn't make any sense. She also says she told the FBI that Ford's allies pressured her. She also said that Ford's allies pressured her to to uh, testify against Kavanaugh. That would have been Monica McLean, the one who... Uh, Christine Bosley Ford was at her beach house in Rehoboth, Maryland, where she drafted this whole hoax that they perpetrated on Brett Kavanaugh. Put together this whole letter, uh, shopped it to the New York Times and the Washington Post, and ultimately sent it to Dianne Feinstein, the ranking Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, so they could conduct this wrap-up smear against Brett Kavanaugh. 
Now, any other time, all of this would have been coming out in the legacy newspapers, but they're part of the smear at this point. We're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the, the Democrats a little bit more. We're going to take a look at their claims on the Second Amendment and their, their desire to take your guns. We're going to hear from Bernie Sanders who is talking more crazy by the day. Stick with us for two messages and we'll be back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is... What's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Well, I've made a big deal about the Democrat debate last Thursday night, not making any mention of jobs or the economy, prosperity, or anything to do with free enterprise or capitalism. You know, you say a lot by what you don't talk about. And what they talked about all Thursday night for three hours was giving away free stuff. Andrew Yang even promised to just pay people to stay at home. And they show no interest at all in reaching out to the productive people in this country, the people that actually get up in the morning and go to work, pay their taxes, raise their families, play by the rules. They're pandering to the, to the takers in this society. And they're making a bet that the takers in this society now outnumber the productive people and that they can be tricked into believing this Marxist pablum that they're peddling. And, you know, the leader of this pack is, uh, is none other than the communist Bernie Sanders. I'm not going to pl- beat around the bush anymore. Bernie Sanders is a communist. The Democrats may want to ignore it. The mainstream media may want to ignore it. And for some reason, maybe even Fox News wants to pretend that it's not true. Bernie Sanders is a committed communist. He never says no to anything. He will promise the gullible masses absolutely anything if he thinks it'll get him elected so that he can implement his 
his plans to do away with uh, with capitalism. I don't think he even, even believes it works. He's not that stupid. Nobody can be that stupid to have seen as many failures of this Marxist scheme that he believes in and still believe that it could ever work. He keeps saying, well, that's not the kind of socialism I believe in. I believe in that kind of socialism. Then that fails. Well, I don't believe in that kind of socialism. I believe in another kind of socialism. And then that fails, and he just keeps moving on. And just since last Thursday, Bernie Sanders has increased his promises to give away to people. He's gone before a group of Hispanics and promised that not only is he going to end all deportations into this country, or out of this country, I should say, but he's, uh, he's well, let me just play you the clip. We're going to end the ICE raids, which are terrorizing communities all across this country. We are going to impose a moratorium on deportations. And we are going to, as I mentioned, uh, and that's, you know, there's some things that a president can do with executive orders and something you can't. So he's going to stop people from being arrested. He's going to stop deportations. He's totally on board with open borders. Not going to enforce any immigration law. And then he goes on in the very next sentence to say this. I am, some of you know, supportive of a Medicare for all single-payer system. And that means that everybody in the country has health care, including the undocumented. Okay? And mark my words, you'll see 30-second ads attacking me for that. And then you'll see another set of 30-second ads, because when I say I want to make public colleges and universities tuition-free, that also includes the undocumented. Now, I hope that as soon as possible, the undocumented will not be undocumented. So, Bernie Sanders going to refuse to enforce any immigration laws, no deportations, no ICE raids, and at the same time, he's going to create this giant magnet paid for by the U.S. taxpayer to every foreign national in the world with a major health problem or just wanting to uh, to, to get a free education to sneak in this country because once they set foot in the country, even if they're arrested immediately, there will be no deportations according to Bernie and they'll get, they'll be on board with free health care and free tuition regardless of the fact that they've never paid into our health care system or into our educational system. And this notion that the Democrats keep calling this Medicare is driving me to distraction. Medicare is a program, a prepaid retirement health insurance program that you pay for with your payroll taxes your entire life. What they're talking about is not Medicare. What they're talking about is Medicaid. Medicaid is a welfare health program. And you'll see, if you look at it, in Medicaid programs throughout this country, that they have limited enrollment and they pay for very limited benefits. Because when the government gives this stuff out, they must, by very, the very definition, ration it. 
So they're asking you to head down this road with them and, and destroy the health insurance program for 160 or 170 million people in this country and go all in on this, this pie-in-the-sky Medicare for all that we can't possibly pay for, that will destroy private industry in this country. And if that's not enough, Bernie and every one of the other Democrat candidates that were on that stage, that debate stage that night, raised their hands that they're going to also offer these benefits to illegal immigrants. I almost hope Bernie does become the nominee because that'll guarantee a Trump win. But Beto O'Rourke, of course, he's not to be outdone. He's going all in on gun confiscation. He wants a registry for every handgun in this country. And now he is being joined on that call by other Democrat candidates. Here is Beto last Thursday night. Actually, I think this was Beto on a uh, on CNN after the debate. This is a country that has produced the leadership that will ensure that... No, this would definitely Beto at, at some sort of public event. Anyway. This is a country that has produced the leadership that will ensure that we not only have universal background checks and red flag laws and end the sale of those weapons of war, but that we go the necessary steps further, as politically difficult as they may be. A gun registry in this country, licensing for every American who owns a firearm, and every single one of those AR-15s and AK-47s will be bought back so they're not on our streets, not in our homes. Do not take the lives of our fellow Americans. Hmm. So, you know, for years and years when conservatives have pointed out that the Democrats really wanted to confiscate your weapons, they denied it. Well, the cat's out of the bag now. Yes, indeed, they want to confiscate your weapons. And there's a major portion of the Democrat Party that's all on board with that. And now Kamala Harris, she's joined the, the call for gun confiscation as well. She was appearing on the Jimmy Kimmel show the other sure. night. Um, thank you for being here and taking my question. Um, do you believe in the mandatory buyback of quote-unquote assault weapons? And whether or not you do, how does that idea not go against fundamentally the Second Amendment? Yeah. Um, great question. I do believe that we need to do buybacks, and I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, let's be clear about what assault weapons are. They have been designed to kill a lot of human beings quickly. They are weapons of war with no place on the streets of a civil society. I've seen assault weapons kill babies and police officers. So, one, I'll... Well, sorry about that. Let's see if I can find that clip again. Come on, Kamala, here we go. Um, first of all, let's be clear about what assault weapons are. They, have, they are weapons of war with no place on the streets of a civil society. I've seen assault weapons kill babies and police officers. So, one, I'll tell you when elected president, if the United States Congress continues to fail to have the courage to do something about this, I'm prepared to take executive action. So Kamala's all on board with gun confiscation either. She's seen them kill babies and police officers. Well, babies and police officers are killed by knives and pistols far more often 
than any AR-15 or AK-47. You got more people killed every year falling out of the bed than rifles. All the rifles combined kill. And all of this, this uh, beating the drum for gun confiscation is very reminiscent of what you would have heard in Nazi Germany or Stalin's Russia or Pol Pot or in Venezuela, as a matter of fact. They confiscated people's weapons so that they couldn't resist the, the creeping Marxist tyranny. And the truth of the matter is, yes, they are a militarily capable weapon. They're not strictly a hunting weapon or a weapon for self-defense. They are there to fulfill the Second Amendment's promise that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the freedom of the people, the, the people's right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And that is why we've been, we've been able for 200 years in this country to maintain this democracy because they know that they can't just take over the government and then oppress the people because the people in this country have the right and the ability to organize themselves to defend their democracy and their republic. And it's all based on a lie. I'm going to play you a clip here. It's a, it's a very long clip. This is Bill Whittle over at Truth Revolt talking about the truth of gun ownership in the United States. 90 guns per 100 residents. Evidence for the progressives on the left that they do, in fact, live in the murder capital of the world because when it comes to gun ownership, America is number one with a bullet with by far the highest per capita gun ownership in the world. 90 guns per 100 people is half again more than the number two spot held by Serbia with 58. Now, all we have to do to prove the left-wing progressive weenie case for banning guns is to do a quick search for the per capita murder rate. And sure enough, leading the number two country again by about half again more with 90 murders per 100,000 people is Honduras. Socialist gun-controlled Honduras. Because even though America has by far the highest per capita gun ownership rate, we do not have the highest per capita murder rate. And unfortunately for the progressive leftist argument, we're not second either. Or third. In fact, when it comes to per capita murders, Team USA didn't even make the top five. As a matter of fact, we didn't even make the top ten. Or the top 20. Or the top 30 or the top 40. We're not in the top 50 per capita murders. Gun culture America is not in the top 60 nations in terms of per capita murders or the top 70 or even the top 80 or the top 90. Of the 218 nations and territories listed for per capita murders, the United States of America, Murderville, USA, did not break the top 100. We are, with 4.7 murders per 100,000 people in 2012, number 111. 111th place puts us near the top of the bottom half of all the nations and territories in the world when it comes to total per capita murders, and virtually all, if not all, of those nations ranked higher than us are big state socialist utopias with stringent gun control laws. How tragically disappointing that must be for our moral superiors, and unfortunately for the left, it gets a lot worse because 111th place 
America's murder rate of 4.7 per 100,000 citizens is artificially much higher than it should be because it includes so many deadly, murderous, toxic places like number one on the list of highly gun-controlled, democratically governed since the Stone Age murder pits like Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, with strict gun control laws, has a per capita murder rate of 54.6 murders per 100,000 citizens. If Detroit were its own country, it would just beat Venezuela for second as the most murderous country in the world behind Honduras. America's 111th place, 4.7 murder per 100,000 people, also includes, in order, democratically controlled, heavily gun-controlled New Orleans with 53.2 murders per 100,000, St. Louis with 35.5, Baltimore with 34.9, Newark with 34.4, Oakland with 31.8, followed by Stockton, 23.7, Kansas City, 22.6, Philadelphia, 21.5, Cleveland, 21.3, Memphis, 20.2, and Atlanta, 19.0, and of course, Chicago with 18.5 murders per 100,000 people per year. You know, the truth of the matter is, if you took out from the crime statistics these Democrat-run cities with, uh, with strict gun control laws, if you took their uh, numbers out of the broader statistics of the United States, the United States would be on par with places like Finland and Iceland. It'd be a very safe place. The gun ownership is not driving this. As a matter of fact, I, um, I think in is it Switzerland? They're required. Grown men are required to keep a military rifle in their homes at all times. They have almost no murder there. Gun possession is not driving the murder rates. It's uh, the the lack of enforcement of our gun laws that are already on the books. They have all the laws they already need. All they have to do is enforce them. But you got Joe Biden the other day joining in with the crowd. You know, we're going to reduce the prison population by half. It's really amazing that they're running on all this stuff. I think from now on, any pretense that the Democrats don't, in fact, want to confiscate your weapons has been lost. And all we have to do from now on is just play clips of the Democrat presidential candidates promising to do just that. we got to run out to a break when we come back. <laughs> we'll take another look at, uh, at old Bernie and how he wants to do away with free enterprise and institute his communist regime right after these messages. Mojo. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries, so there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars, and it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. 
And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1596. 800 That's 800-932-1596. Well, Ilhan Omar has uh, has sort of outed herself as, in fact, not being Ilhan Omar. That's not her real name. And yes, it appears that new evidence shows that she did, in fact, engage in immigration fraud by marrying her own brother so that he could get citizenship in this country and then get state-sponsored education at a South Dakota university. They found a tweet from 2013 where she's wishing her happy Father's Day to my Abu, that's Somalian for father, Nur Siad. I am forever grateful to Allah for giving me the best father. Well, Nur Siad is not the person that she claimed was her father when she came to this country. That was the Omar family. So her name is not Ilhan Omar. It's Ilhan Siad. And it just so happens that this man that she married was Ahmed Nur Siad, her brother. She's deleted the tweet now. But here we have a... uh, an immigrant to this country in the United States um, Congress who has committed perjury, immigration fraud, both of those felonies. She's committed tax fraud. She's committed fraud in order to get her brother uh, state paid for education. And what I want to know is when... Or anybody at the Department of Justice or in the law enforcement community in Minnesota going to do anything about this? Does she have some sort of immunity? Because she's the first, one of the first Muslim women in Congress? Do the laws not apply to her? She was uh, participating in a panel the other day, um, and and one of the, I think it was um, a CBS News babe, asked her if she understood why people were insulted by her previous statement that on 9-11 some people did something. This was the anniversary this week, the 18th of the 9-11 attacks on our country. Um, And at a ground zero, uh, well, remembrance ceremony, I'll call it, uh, the son of one of the victims stood up and specifically called out language you had used in the past that he characterized as not respectful when referring to the 3,000 people Mm -hmm. who were killed by Mm Al-Qaeda. You said some people 
did something and he put it right there on his t-shirt mm -hmm. do, do you understand why people found that offensive mm. I mean so 9-11 was an attack on all Americans it was an attack on all of us and I certainly could not uh, understand the weight of the pain that the victims um, of the, the families of 9-11 um, must feel uh, but I think it is really important for us to make sure that we are not um, forgetting right the aftermath of what happened after 9-11 many Americans found themselves now um, having their civil rights uh, stripped from them uh, and so what I was speaking to was the fact that as a Muslim mm -hmm. um, not only was I suffering as an American who was attacked on that day but the next day I woke up as my fellow Americans were now treating me as suspect hmm maybe they're treating you as, sus as suspect because you refuse to condemn Al-Qaeda maybe they're treating you as a suspect because you argued for leniency for uh, young men from your district who had allowed themselves to be recruited by ISIS. Maybe that had something to do with it. Mm -mm -mm. So the leader of the squad, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the young Democrat socialist, Marxist, is uh, is keeping her word, and she is now coming out and opposing the re-election of Democrats in the House of Representatives that she deems not sufficiently woke and sufficiently, well, Marxist. In her first endorsement in the 2020 cycle, she's attacked a lawmaker named Dan Lipinski, he is from suburban Chicago, Illinois, and he is not all on board with abortion through the entire nine months of pregnancy. And so Ilhan Omar has, has uh, endorsed the Democrat incumbent's opposition there in Chicago. His competition or his opposition is named Newman and now has the backing of all the progressive groups in the biggest Democratic House primary in Illinois. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are all supporting the opposition as well. So if you're from one of these red districts that elected what you thought was a moderate, you need to keep in mind that the people that lead that party not only don't support that, but they're actively opposed to it and, and working for their defeat. Mm, mm, mm. So I got a clip I want to play for you here. It's a, it's a little ditty put out by uh, Reason Magazine. And it's talking about the path that the Democrats are taking by... Uh, wanting to redistribute all of our wealth. Tuition free. Ladies and gentlemen, the candidates. Does a dog dismay you? It's true. 
generation we've got to take back these universities we've got to we've got to be more active in the popular culture conservatives have got to start making their own movies and telling their own stories we can't continue to let these marxists control this narrative otherwise they're going to take us right down the path that venezuela went down because we have allowed a whole generation of kids to grow up believing that they can get something for nothing if they're just willing to vote for it. We're all doomed. We're all doomed. I hope that's not the case. But I fear that it is. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to invite you back here again tomorrow, right here, on Right Now on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voiceiq to see how voiceiq can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.